Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And uh, you can be seated this morning. Uh, we'll, I, I don't really have an opening scripture just to jump right to. Um, I have some scriptures, but they're all in context of the lesson. So it'll be more of a monologue here at the beginning. So um, we're going to uh, talk today. I, I've taught this lesson. This Actually, for the next four Sunday schools, we'll be teaching um, in this same line, um, but I've taught on some things that uh, that God wants us to have and things for us to do as we walk and live in this life, things that he expects from us as believers. Jesus taught these things in Matthew uh, chapter 6, and, and we're going to talk about some of that. Uh, we're going to give the broad stroke in this service, and then we're going to break down individually in the next three services three very important areas that uh, the Lord instructs us in our life. And so um, today we're going to talk about the reward of when. The reward of when. Like when, W-H-E-N. Not the reward when you win. We know we get a reward if we win, but this is the reward of when. So let's just go ahead and pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you and thank you for what you're about to impart into our hearts. Let our minds and our hearts be ready to receive it. Lord, we want to just be obedient to you and to your words. We love you and we want to keep your commandments. So help us to learn now and be better. We just ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. One more hand clap of praise for the word of God this morning. Thankful for his word. Thankful for his word. I'll be teaching on Thursday at the field's first meeting and uh, about... Uh, the importance of reading God's Word, so I'm looking forward to doing that. And uh, they, they brought an old guy in there with all those young college guys, but kids, but it'll be good. I got this gray hair says I got it, so we'll see. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, in the Scripture, now, of course, we know that we do not earn salvation through works, and this is not even going anywhere near that direction, but we do know that obedience through the Word of God, has always brought a reward. Always happens. Always, always get it. Uh, you think about the, the few weeks ago, we talked about the widow woman who had the, just a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil, and she said, I'm going to use it up. Me and my son are going to die, but the prophet said, well, if you'll do what you said you were going to do, but give to me first, he said, God's going to bless, and, and of course, we know how God blessed. The other woman who had uh, her sons were about to be taken away to the creditors, and uh, the, she cried out to the man of God, and he said, well, what do you have in your house? She said, well, I just have a little oil. He said, then go borrow some vessels, not a few, and begin to pour out, and she did, and that little vessel just kept on pouring and pouring and pouring until she had all she needed. It was a miracle, but she got that miracle because she was obedient to the word. She was blessed by doing. When she obeyed, she got the reward. Um, we could talk about... Uh, the, the, the great soldier uh, that was uh, full of leprosy and he came uh, to Israel to, to let the man of God pray for him and he said, well, go dip seven times in the Jordan River. And so he didn't want to do it and he was going to go home and he was on the way home unchanged until someone said, you know, if he did give you a great task, you would have jumped on that. So why not just, what's it going to matter? It, you know, if it doesn't work, towel off and go on home. But at least give it a shot. So he, he went ahead and obeyed, and when he did, he came up the seventh time, and his flesh was restored unto him. 
We know in the New Testament, Jesus uh, told one that was blind, he made clay and put on his eyes, and he said, go wash. And he did. He went and washed, and then he came back seeing. So when we are obedient to the word, uh, there will be uh, a blessing uh, tied to it, an answer tied to it, a reward tied to it. That's what uh, we have to do. If we're willing and obedient, the scripture says, we shall eat the good of the land. So we know that there's going to be a blessing for us as we uh, obey the scriptures. And, and God gave us these things to let us know that uh, I'm here to bless you. God's here to bless us. And, but he's not here to just spoil us. He, you know, there's, he, he's trying to teach us. You know, just like any good parent will teach a child, you know, of course there's times when we just lavish things on them. We, you know, out of the blue we come home from work or we've been to town, we bring them something, they weren't expecting it. And God does that. Some days we wake up and boom, there's that blessing as a surprise for us. But, but that's not all the time. And if that's all you do and they never have to work for anything or they don't understand the importance of, of, of uh, doing and being obedient and being, you know, we, uh, we always got rewarded for being good. If we came home with all A's or a good report card, we got something for that. You know, if uh, we did our chores, we got an allowance. We were, were, were rewarded for that and God will reward us for the things that we do. He will bless us. And he told, he started that out with Israel. He said, if you do these things, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. And so we knew that uh, according to God's word, that he said, I, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to be your God. And if you'll do the things that I instruct you to do, it will be good for your life. It's going to be a blessing. There's a reward to doing those kind of things. So, um, you know, a couple of years ago in 2019, uh, we used this scripture a lot where Paul wrote, he said, I have planted and Apollos watered, then God gave the increase. Now, uh, but you see, we know God's going to be involved in this, but look at the men that were involved. Somebody's planting, somebody's watering, somebody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, and then God is reacting to that, and he's blessing and pouring, and God's giving the increase. Uh, what we do, a lot of things this scripture teaches is that if we do it to ourselves or on our own, it doesn't benefit anything. But when it's done unto God, and we know that Paul was talking about the work of the church and how preaching the gospel and reaching the saints, he said, and in this context, I've planted, uh, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You know, in the natural, the only way a seed works is called God designed it that way. Planting a seed and watering it only works because that's God's design. And so he referred to the work of God as God's design, that when it's done his way, God will always bless. When we do it God's way, it'll never lack God's resources. It'll never lack God's provision. It'll always have what we need to have. And uh, so we are workers together with him. There are things that we will do. We are workers together. The Bible says if a man won't work, he shouldn't eat. There's a scripture that tells us, uh, refers to us as putting our hands to the plow. We're plowing, pray that uh, laborers will be sent into the harvest. God intends us to be about his father's business. He intends us to do the things that we're supposed to do. There is a responsibility on us. Uh, it's, yes, we have a God that can do anything, but without faith, he'll do nothing. And without obedience, he'll, he'll just withhold 
because he wants us to be obedient to his word. Paul said this in Ephesians 3 and 20, a favorite scripture of ours. Now unto him that is able, talking about the Lord, now unto, so we could say now unto God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So there's, uh, we're involved in this. We're involved in this work and there are things that can be done and things that are even past our imagination that can get done if we will just activate the power that's in us, there's always going to be a blessing. He went on to say, unto him be glory. God's always going to get the glory. He alone is worthy. We don't do it to lift ourselves up, to pat ourselves on the back, but we do these things to give God the glory. That's being the light of the world. Uh, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father. But there's going to be some great things done. Philippians 4.13, Paul said, I can do all things. I can do. Oh, and I, so I ask myself sometimes, what am I doing? Because I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So uh, I have no excuse. I, ha I have no uh, place to fall back and say, oh, well, it, it, this just won't. Because I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And then in Matthew 7, uh, verses 7 and 8, uh, he said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. So we see that there are things getting done because I'm doing my part. I'm doing what I have to do. Uh, even in our, our, faith, our, our scripture, the, the plan of salvation, we have part in that. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you. That's Acts 2.38. He said, repent, be baptized, every one of you. Well, God doesn't have to repent, and God doesn't have to be baptized. He said, that's for every one of you. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If we do our part, God's going to do his part. I've had people that have repented and been baptized, and, and they were praying and seeking the Holy Ghost, and so it's taken... You know, I thought I would just get it right away. I'm so, I want it so desperately, and I really want it. I said, well, you've repented. Yes, you've been baptized. Right. I said, well, then God's going to do his part. Because when we uh, do our part, when we're obedient, God's going to bless. Now, I can't uh, put God on a time clock. and I can't say, uh, you know, because sometimes we use when, like, God, when are you going to do this? And God's saying, when are you going to trust me? <laughs> you know, and, uh, so... Uh, we can't put God on, on, a, on a schedule and say, God, i got to have it right when I want it because it don't always happen like that. Sometimes I get what I want when I want it. Often I don't. But I trust him because God is teaching us something. He's always uh, teaching us something. This relationship with him is definitely about faith. Definitely about faith. Uh, even in the garden, the relationship was about faith. And, and, you know, God, why did you even put that tree in the garden if you knew it could uh, cause Adam and Eve to stumble? Because I, wanted to, I don't want people to just be there and just be mindless drones and not. I want, I want them to trust me, to love me, to obey me. He said, I want to see that they have faith. They had to have faith even then and believe God's word. If you eat of this tree, you'll die. Their relationship was completely based on faith. It always has been. And so... Um, he that believeth, the scripture says, and is baptized shall be saved. Well, 
believing and being baptized, that's my part. The salvation part belongs to the Lord. So you see, every time we're obedient to the word, God will come through. He's going to reward us. So when we keep the word, it's going to happen. We love him because he first loved us. God is the initiator in this relationship, and he is the most vital part of our walk. And so now that we're born again, we've been adopted into the body, one body by one spirit. There are principles in the word that we must live by uh, to stay saved, but there are also principles to live by that will provide for us and that will bless us and that will help us and our lives will, uh, our walk with God, our, this life with Jesus will be seriously lacking if we leave off some of the principles of things that God tells us to do. You know, I don't have to, 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 to give to be saved. I don't have to even fast to be saved. But those scriptures are in there. Uh, praying, I would venture to say, if you, if you ain't praying, you ain't saved. It just ain't happening. You, you got to pray. Uh, you know, the Bible teaches us that faith without works is dead. Well, faith without works is still dead. We don't live in a time that that changed. We must, we don't, we're not saved by works. I'm not saying that. But faith without works is still dead. Uh, just like the body without the spirit's dead. Then so is faith without works. And so we need to remember this, 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. And all scripture is profitable for doctrine, all of it. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So not just for salvation, but that us as children of God uh, can be complete, have everything we need, and that we can be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. There are some things that just will not get done without obedience to the Scripture. That's why Jesus said, this kind comes forth but by prayer and fasting. There's some things that don't get done unless we do it His way, you know, when he provided food for Israel in the wilderness. He said, now every morning you wake up, look out of your tent, there'll be manna all over the ground. It'll be there, but you've got to get up and gather it. Uh, and if you don't get up and gather it by a certain time, if you sleep in, you're going to do without. You know, because when the heat of the day comes up, it would just dissolve and it would be gone away. And so if you decided, I'm going to sleep in today, then you didn't get anything. Or if you went and tried, uh, you know, on the sixth day, they would provide, uh, the Lord would provide it. And he said, there'll be so much there that you can gather enough for the seventh day that you don't have to do anything on the Sabbath. And some of them tried to uh, go on out on the Sabbath day and there's nothing there. And they, you should have gathered enough on the sixth day to get everything that you needed. And so God was saying, look, I'm going to provide. It's there but you've got to obey the word so you can have it because this is simply how it works. This is the way we're going to do things. And so we see everywhere throughout the scripture that when we are doing, living, obeying God's word, that it is very profitable unto us. It, it, gives, it brings us peace. Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We, we know that the scripture is a, the word is a light unto our path. It's a lamp unto our feet. It, it illuminates. It gives uh, revelation. It gives knowledge. It helps us. And so we, we see that the word um, is actually good for us. Wednesday night we talked about 
the Word of God is the will of God. And, you know, many times we want to know what the will of God is. Well, then just look into the Word of God and you'll find out what the will of God is for your life. It's not so mysterious as we make it. It's actually in there how we should live. One man summed it up. He said, let's hear the conclusion of the matter. He said, fear God and keep the commandments. This is the whole duty of man. And it's, going, and it's not just like we're, we're working and not getting anything. We're getting, God's going to bless us. God's going to pour out on us. If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us. So it's when we seek. When we seek, we'll find. When we knock, it'll be open. When we ask, we've got to do those things. And so uh, God will bless us. God will reward us. The psalmist said this in Psalm 31 and 23. He said, Oh, love the Lord, all ye saints. He's writing to the, the people of God. So he's, he's saying, look, make sure you love God. That's the first commandment, to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. He said, love him first. But the Bible teaches us not to love in word only, not to just go around and say, well, I love you, Lord. But he says to love in our deeds, in our actions, in the things that we do, uh, just like, you know, you could have somebody telling you all the time, well, I love you, I love you, but they never show it. You know, or they treat you bad, or they do things, and you're like, well, your actions don't reflect that. But see, God's actions always reflect it, and so that he loves us. So uh, we should also, our actions should reflect that we love God and how much we love him. And so I, I want to make sure that I am uh, doing what Jesus said. He said, if you love me, then keep my commandments. Make sure you are keeping the word of God and doing the things that he said to do. That's how you prove to God that you love him, not just by saying it, but by doing the things that he asked us to do. And so uh, he said, so love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful. Uh, I read this scripture, I believe, the other day, that he preserves the faithful. He's gonna, there's going to be a blessing for being faithful to the word of God. Uh, when you preserve something, you take care of it. You keep it from harm. You keep, it, uh, you keep its value. You uh, make sure that it's not uh, being wasted. You're, you're preserving that. You're protecting it. And, and so God protects us and blesses us. He preserves us. He gives us what we need. He gives us strength. He gives us life. And so uh, I want to make sure that I am faithful because I want to be preserved. When I go through the trial, I want to come out of it. If I go in the fire, I want to go out of it. If I go through the flood, I want to come out of it. Um, you know, this is, we see this in, uh, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were faithful. We're not going to worship anything else. And so the, the king at that time, he threw them into the fiery furnace. But it didn't burn them up. They were preserved. And, uh, of course, the Lord was walking around in the fire with them. And, of course, the king called them out. They weren't just preserved. They were promoted. They got a blessing out of it. When you're faithful... There's a reward tied to it every time. Daniel got the same thing. He was cast into a den of lions instead of the lions eating him up and devouring him. I don't know what those lions did. You see all kind of paintings, all kind of theories. Well, the lions just laid down and went to sleep. or I don't know what they did. I have no I wasn't there. It doesn't say. We can speculate, and you could be right. Maybe Dan, people say, oh, he made a pillow and laid back on them lions. I don't know if he did or not. That would be cool. Uh, I, I think that would be that would be my what I would be trying to do. I'd be trying to pet them. If they're not going to eat me, I'm going to love on them. That's it. I'm, you know, I'd be like the lion whisperer. I don't know if y'all follow that guy on social media, but man, it's incredible. 
but I would just be like riding on the back and you know, hey, they can't mess with me. You know, so uh, I don't know. Maybe God knocked them out. I have no idea. But what I do know is that they were lions that eat people because when they got Daniel out, they threw all those that conspired against him in, and it says it, they devoured him. So, uh, but God preserves the faithful. There's a reward for being faithful to God. And then he said, and God will plentifully reward the proud doer. So uh, when we are doers of the word, the Bible tells us not to be hearers of the word only. Uh, A hearer of the word and not a doer, the scripture says, he deceives himself. It's it's just like sometimes we have a bad habit. You you, You hear somebody tell you to do something and you're like, yeah, I'll get to that. And then you don't. Yeah, I heard you, but I just, you know, we was bad about that as kids because your parents would be like, didn't you hear me when I said? And of course, we lied. No, I didn't hear you, but you knew you did. <laughs> and so, you, you, well, you got punished for it. But when you did it, you, you got rewarded. And so, um, that's the way God's telling, he's like, look, when you hear what I say, I'm not just talking to be talking. Your parents ever tell you that? Hey, I ain't just talking to hear myself talk. And, you know, because we acted like it sometimes. But uh, we, people act like that with God sometimes with his word. Like he's just talking to be talking. But he said, I, I'm not just talking to hear myself talk. I'm not just, uh, anything I say, he said, my word is so powerful that it will not return to me void. That it always accomplishes. When, when God spoke, things happened. Let there be light. There it was. You know, he spoke the world into existence. Uh, and so we know that his word is powerful. The Bible says it is, that it's powerful and, and it has creative value uh, in this world. It has creative value in our life because faith is so powerful and it comes by hearing the word of God. That's why you, If you don't ever listen to preaching and you don't ever read your Bible, you don't have faith because you can't. The Bible's already locked it in. You can't have faith outside the word. And so we have to have the word. And we can believe, but believing in faith ain't the same thing. That's, that's not the same. Uh, you can believe in something and not have faith in it. And that, that's where uh, people are, I think, maybe it confuses them. Well, I believe, but, but where's your faith? And so we want to have faith in God. And trust him and believe him because when we do, he's going to reward us. God rewards the proud doer. So, uh, but again, the scripture says if, you, if you're a hearer of the word only and not a doer, you deceive yourself. Because you can have faith. There's a lot of people, I, I said, well, I, don't, I don't want to be part of the faithful dead. The Bible didn't say, if you don't have works, you don't have faith. He said your faith is dead. So faith without works is dead. I don't want to be carrying around dead faith. I want my faith living. I want it active. I want it doing something. And uh, because when we do the things that God said to do, when we do these things by faith, God rewards the faithful doer or the proud doer. And so God's always going to bless us and take care of us. He's got a way that he, he wants us to live. He wants us to live by his word. The scripture says we live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
and that's the best life going. We think, well, I think I got a better way. Scripture's got an answer for that. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end of those ways is death. It, it, never, profs, it never prospers. It doesn't bring any life. But his words are spirit and they are life. That's Scripture. And so God has ways that he intends us to live, things that he wants us to do. And when you read in Matthew 5 and, and 6 and 7 and the, the, just the, the teaching that Jesus gives in these three chapters of Matthew, that Sermon on the Mount is incredible. Uh, a lot of great uh, scriptures for what we should do. Uh, you, know, you know, we're blessed if we do this. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Different things like that. And uh, so, I mean, it's just so many great things um, that he talks to us about. But he, uh, even in that, it talks about the reward that comes after uh, those things. Matthew chapter 6, though, is where I want to focus uh, today for a few moments. And then over the next three weeks, um, we're going to break down these three principles in Matthew 6 that Jesus said were uh, very vital to have a great walk with him. That uh, I think if we, uh, that if we neglect either one of them, that uh, we do ourselves damage in our walk with God. So in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1, you can follow along and listen as I read. The Lord said, Take heed that you do not your alms, or you do not give before men just to be seen of them. That you don't just pull out that big money roll just so everybody can see you throw it in the offering. He said, Because if you do that, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Now listen, here's, here's the when. Therefore, when, when you do your alms, or when you give, don't sound a trumpet before. Uh, before yourself as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, that's their reward. They have their reward. But when you doest alms or, or when you give, don't let your left hand know what the right hand doeth. Your alms, that your alms may be in secret and your father which sees in secret uh, himself, he will reward you openly. So he said, when you give and when you give according to the way I just told you, when you give, um, like uh, the scripture says, your father will reward you. There is a reward that comes with giving. And now uh, in verse 5, he's, here's the next when. And when you pray. You know, the word when uh, denotes an expectation. It's just like we would tell our kids, hey, hey, when can I go outside? And we would say, when you clean your room. So there is an expectation that you're going to clean your room and then you can watch TV or go outside when you finish your chores, when you finish your homework. There's an expectation there. When Jesus says when you give, he's expecting us, if we're believers, that's an expectation that he has, that, that we will be giving, a giving person. Um, and I want to, we're going to break down giving, praying, and fasting as we go in the next few weeks. But today, just so we understand that when Jesus has an expectation. And so when you pray, Jesus expects us to pray. And not just when we're in trouble. So when you pray, um, don't be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets so they can be seen of men. That doesn't mean Jesus is against corporate prayer. Because I had someone one time said, I don't come to Monday night prayer meeting because we're supposed to pray in our closet. 
what was that 120 doing in the upper room? It's not, there was 120 people praying together, and I said that the church, the saints were gathered together in a house praying, praying for Peter. I said, it's not against corporate prayer, but if everybody in here was trying to outpray the other one, it's the spirit in which you're praying. You know, you hooping and hollering, so everybody will turn around and looks, wow, boy, they must be spiritual. Look at the way they're doing it. If, you, if you're doing it to be seen of men, well, that, then that's your reward, and that's what Jesus said. If you're doing that to be seen of men, that's your reward. But verse 6, he said, but when you pray, go in your closet, and when you shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and your Father which sees in secret shall reward thee openly. Uh, that's why it, we always encourage people to have your personal prayer time because God will bless. We've already seen the way he blesses in corporate prayer. We know how he rewards us and how he blesses. We've seen healings and miracles and all kind of things in our corporate prayer. But for us as individuals, there is a reward, a peace, a connection. We begin to um, get closer to the Lord. We begin to know him better. Uh, we, we, we want to know him better. We're supposed to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord. Well, um, we do that through being obedient to him and learning how he uh, talks back to us. You learn to hear the voice of the Lord. And, and uh, so that prayer time is very important. And when you do that, he said, you will be rewarded. And then he went to give instruction as how to pray. When you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do. They think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Don't be like that. He said, for your father knows what you have need of before you ask him. So he said, after this manner, pray. Now, the Lord's Prayer is not some kind of, uh, um, this is, it's not some kind of magic formula to force the hand of God. Listen, prayer is dialogue, not monologue. You know the difference? A dialogue is people communicating. A monologue is someone talking, giving you their opinion, giving you their, their shot. We used to always... Uh, laugh about that in uh, these these uh, superhero movies and stuff. The bad guy would always end up uh, when he could have just killed the hero, but he stands there monologuing. And while he's monologuing, somebody comes up behind him and chops his head off. And, and there you go. Should have took care of business. But um, we're not supposed to go to God and just be us, you know, just gushing out everything and then say, all right, God, there it is. I'm gone. It's supposed to be a dialogue with him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm worshiping him. I'm acknowledging him, who he is to me. And, and thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And so in those different points of prayer, you're going to spend more time in each one of those points and just reciting them. Because if you do have to forgive, then you've got to spend time right there forgiving people out of your heart. That's a great time to forgive people is when you're in prayer. And So the Lord said, because if you'll forgive men their trespasses, then your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So we see a great reward right there in prayer is that in prayer, we should be offering forgiveness so that we can be forgiven. That's a great reward. So when you give, God rewards. When you pray, God rewards. That's the reward of when for those. But now here's everybody's favorite. Moreover, when you fast. 
And unfortunately, a lot of us, when we fast, we get hung up in this, uh, some of this first verse because don't be like the hypocrites of a sad countenance for they disfigure their faces so they may appear unto men to fast. You know, if, if you're going to fast, don't complain. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you're hungry. That's what happens when you fast. My stomach's hurting. Yeah, I bet. You're fasting. Well, I don't have no energy. Oh, I don't have... I, yeah, all that comes with fasting. But, you know, it's like you're trying to get sympathy from everybody around you. And now you've let everybody know you're fasting. And he said, don't do that. Don't be like that. Don't walk around all sad for you forehead wrinkled up. and Man, what's the matter with you? Fasting. I'm, I'm going to be like, well, you should eat because uh, I don't think you should look like that. I don't think that's the way it is. He said, when you do that, that's your reward. You're getting them, them oh, you're so humble and sweet to be fasting. There's your reward. That's what they were looking for. That was better than a cheeseburger to them. They wanted uh, somebody to just say, oh, darling, bless you for fasting. You know, but that's, a, that's, the, that's the reward. But verse 17, he said, but you, that's us. He said, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, and clean up, fix yourself. And so, so you will not appear to be fasting. But your father that's in secret, he sees that, and he shall reward you openly. And so three different times there we see where if we do our part, God is going to do his part. God is going to take care of us, and God's going to bless us. And so these things, and simply because of that word when, shows that the Lord has an expectation of his people, his church, his saints, that these are things that they should exercise themselves in, that they should participate in, that they should give, that they should pray, and that they should fast. And I think that he listed giving, number one, not because our God is a money-hungry God. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's, he has riches in glory. He doesn't need money. But giving, if you are a giver, because you have to give yourself to prayer, and you have to give yourself to fasting. And if you are not good at giving when God the, the stuff that God has blessed you with, if you can't, let go of any of that, you'll never give yourself. If we can't give away, we'll never give ourselves. And so people, people who are not givers are usually not prayers and usually not fasters because they fall in order. God is, if I'm going to be like God, I'm going to be a giver because God gave his only begotten son. God gives gifts unto men, Scripture. So we, we know how God is a giver, and I want to be a giver too. And so uh, the Lord expects us when. So, uh, but again, not, not when, 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 like when are you going to do this, Lord? But it's a win of expectation so we can be, re be rewarded openly. And these three things are part of our walk with God. And the same amount of validity should be given to each one of them. We shouldn't lift one of them up higher than the other. If we are his children, these three things are all vital to us. We may not do one as much as the other. You're certainly not going to fast as much as you pray or you'll be dead. 
because we pray without ceasing. <laughs> so you, you can't be fasting without ceasing. No scripture for that. Um, God doesn't want you to die fasting. There will be a limit, but it should be part of your routine of your walk with God. And we know that we can't just give all the time or we wouldn't have anything. And so uh, God wants us to be good stewards of the things he's given us, but he's given us ways to do that. So uh, all three of these things are important to us because God doesn't just talk to hear himself talk. He doesn't just offer up these things just so we can have something to, to read. He wants us to be better. So God will openly reward us when these things are done just as Jesus instructed. So we don't pick one and then leave the others out. Well, I, I don't really care about that fasting, but I will pray. Well, that's good because you should pray. Your prayers are not going to be invalidated by your lack of fasting, but you're going to miss out. Your prayer life is not as strong without fasting tied to it. And I believe that prayer and fasting, either one is not as strong if we're stingy, if we're selfish, because God is not selfish. God is not stingy. God does not withhold blessings. He said, try me. He said, I'll pour out a blessing you can't receive. But the psalmist said, my cup runs over. We know that God gives abundantly. And so uh, there is a, a principle in Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, I always mention this when I teach on these three things. In Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, it tells us that a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And uh, the first time I ever taught that, I had this cord. I, I, I found this in a drawer the other day. I didn't even know I still had it. But some of you were here when I taught it that first time. And this is three individual strands of cord, of rope. And each one has its own strength. Each one, and in the scripture... There are places where God specifically talks about the blessings that come from giving, from praying, and from fasting. Each one has its own strength. But just like this cord, one, one rope is pretty strong, but it's made stronger if you wrap it with a second one. And it's even more strong when you wrap it with the third one. That's why the scripture says a threefold cord is not easily broken. And so just like each cord lends strength to the other, these acts of faith in our lives are strong as one, but when they are applied together, they help build a life of faith that's not quickly broken. You see some elders in the church and some elder saints and things like that, and oh, I've been living for God 70 or 80 years, or you know, how, what did you do? And you'll find out that they were givers, they were prayers, they were fasters. They, they had these kind of uh, principles in their life, and that's why they stood the storms. They, they made it through. God answered prayers. Miracles happened. Uh, you know, and just like uh, we know that they worked together because Jesus let us know that this kind comes forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. The disciples had prayed for a kid to be delivered of a spirit. It didn't happen. He said this one only comes forth by prayer and fasting. They needed these things. In Mark 8 and 20, the Lord said, here's a way to get a blessing. He, he describes a threefold blessing when he's talking about the word. He said the word uh, is sown in our hearts. And he said in the ones that fall on good ground, that's the ones that hear the word, they receive the word. It says they bring forth fruit. In other words, they hear it and they obey it. Some 30, some 60, some 100. Now, some people are satisfied with 30. Others are satisfied with 60. 
but some want a hundred. And God's letting us know that there's, there's a threefold blessing if you receive the word. Well, I just read 18 verses of his word that talked about when, when, when. And so when we give, when we pray, when we fast, if we receive the word about giving, about praying and fasting, if we apply that to our life, 30, 60, 100. You know, if, if you're only focused on one, that's the least you can do, 30. I don't want to do, I, I, want, I want 30, 60. Why? The old song said, I'm trying to make 100, 99 and a half won't do. I don't, I don't want to be uh, stuck down at the bottom when I know I could have this. So what I would say is, what are we doing without? What are we missing? What walls are not coming down? What chains are not being broken? What doors are not opening? Simply because we're not doing what the Word said. But because we see that in the Scripture, when we follow the Word, we're going to have the blessings of it. And the principle works. It's a, we always talk about being a book of Acts church. and uh, Well, that's, there's a prime example in the book of Acts about giving, praying, and fasting. In Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 6, Peter has been sent to a man by the name of Cornelius to preach to him. Um, and here's what uh, happened in Cornelius' life. He said, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. So he was a Gentile. He wasn't a Jew. But he was a devout man. He feared God with all of his house. He gave as Number one, that's the first thing it listed about him. He was a giver. He gave much alms to the people, prayed to God always. One day he sees a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day. An angel of God came to him, said, Cornelius. When he looked on him, he was afraid. He said, what is it, Lord? He said, your prayers and your alms. So God has heard your prayers and he's seen your giving. And they've both come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa, call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with Simon a tanner, and he will, uh, he's by the seaside, and he will tell you what you ought to do. In other words, you're praying, you're give, giving, and God has seen that, he's heard that, and he's going to uh, send somebody to tell you what to do. Well, was he fasting? He absolutely was. When Cornelius begins to tell the account of this day, he says in verse 30, he said, four days ago I was fasting. So while he was praying that day, he was also fasting and he was a giver. And the first thing it listed about Cornelius was that he was a giver. He said, in about the ninth hour, a man stood before me in bright clothing, said, Cornelius, your prayers heard, your alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. So send to Joppa um, so you can bring Peter here. Verse 33, immediately therefore I sent to Peter. He was talking to Peter, I sent for you. And you've done well that you have come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. He said, now we're all here. Lay it on us. God, sent, God has rewarded me for doing what he said to do. Tell me what to do. Of course, Peter began to preach Jesus to them. They had never heard of, of Jesus. He began to preach Jesus unto them. While he was preaching, it said the Holy Ghost fell on them. They began to speak in other tongues. He said, this happens to them just like it did to us at the beginning. Who can forbid water? They should be baptized. And they were immediately, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And so this man, because he was a giver, a prayer, and a faster, he was openly rewarded. 
in the sight of these Jews and they saw how God poured it out on them and, and God gave them salvation and granted repentance to them and, and just let them come on into the body. And my goodness, what a great blessing Cornelius and his house got because they were he was a man of God who, who didn't just pray, didn't just fast, but he gave, he gave, he prayed, and he fasted, and God saw that. It was a memorial for him. Man, I tell you what, I want angels flying down in my living room. <laughs> I, I, want to, I want God instructing me and telling me what to do. Honey, you can come on to the, to the music. I, I want that reward of when. And so, uh, man, there's so many great things in the Scripture, so many uh, blessings in here that uh, we see that God is providing over and over and over. And so let's don't just, uh, let's don't just come and be, be a, an ornament and a statue in the house of God. Let's, let's don't just, uh, you know, wear a cross or a Christian on our T-shirt. Let's, let's be doers of the Word. Let's be a doer of the Word and, and read our Word and, and, and study the Word and, and, and do our very best. And that's all we can do is just do our best to obey the Word. And people say, well, I don't know if I can, you know, because you think fasting. Oh, I don't want to fast like Moses for 40 days. Well, who said you had to fast 40 days? Fast a day. Fast half a day. Fast a meal. If you do it unto the Lord, it's just as valid as anybody else's fast of what they do it. If you say, look, I, I, I've got to take medication, so I've got to eat sometime, but I'm going to fast breakfast. Well, if you normally eat breakfast, but if you never eat breakfast, it's going to be like, well, I'm going to fast breakfast. You know, well, you never eat breakfast anyway. You've got to get rid of something that you normally do. But you know, just say, well, tonight instead of eating supper, I'm going to fast. I'm going to go in and, and pray. I usually eat and then I go to bed. But I'm going to, instead of eating and going to bed at night, I'm going to fast. And I'm going to go pray, read the Word, then I'm going to bed. And I'll, start, I'll eat tomorrow morning. Do that fast unto the Lord. Just, but, but get all three of those things in your life. And I promise you, you're going to see the blessing of it. You're going to see the reward of it. So let's, let's stand together. I can promise you this. Your walk will be increased when you pray. When you, or when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, we love you this morning. We honor you in this house. We're so thankful for you today, Jesus. Lord, for just loading us daily with benefits, that daily bread, that word of God. And Lord, help us to do our best to, to let it just find good ground in our heart. We want to grow. We want to be better. We want to be overcomers. And Lord, I pray that we'll just believe your word today and that when we give, when we pray, when we fast, that you see it, and that you're going to reward us and we're going to see great things for the kingdom and great things in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Thankful for it. Thankful for the word of God. So thankful for it this morning. Praise God. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. God's going to do some great things. God bless you.